joining us here at the First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Jonathan Warren's sermon title today is Living Authentically. Our liturgist for today is Linda Felicky. If you're following along in the scripture, our first scripture reading comes to us from Exodus 27, 1 through 7. Our anthem Dead of Love is performed by the Church Chancel Choir. The Gospel reading comes to you from John 4, 5 through 15. We pray that you have a safe, healthy, and prosperous week. God bless to you, your neighbors, and loved ones. The scripture reading is from Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. Let us listen to the word of God. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you at the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Masa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel reading comes to us from John chapter 4, verses 5 through 15. Let us listen to the word of God. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty the water that I will give, you, will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. There's a long story behind how I started a geek ministry a bunch of years ago, but essentially God called me to reach out to young people in Knoxville. And wouldn't you know it, there was a large geek community there. Geeks are super fans of comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, steampunk, gaming, like tabletop, role-playing, and video, video games. Most people think that geeks are weird. And they are. But they're not much different than super fans of football or basketball. Just those tend to be more socially acceptable. Geek culture has become more popular, of course, thanks to Big Bang Theory, Disney, Marvel. Many geeks enjoy going to Comic-Cons, where you meet the stars, people dress in costume. Now, I wanted to go wearing a Marvel t-shirt, but a ministry coach threw that out. When he gave Jesus becoming incarnate, becoming one of us as an example, 
So I got to go to my first Comic-Con in costume. I didn't know what to wear, so I talked to someone who helped me brainstorm. I was very excited about the BB-8 robot and the new Star Wars coming out. Of course, they didn't sell a BB-8 costume just yet. So with some creativity and two weeks, I made my own. And this is what I made. I thought it was pretty clever, especially when you could go like this, right? <laughs> it was pretty cool, and Star Wars fans even took pictures with BB-8 with me. Couldn't believe it. This obviously became an initiation of sorts into the geek community. And before all this, I thought Comic-Cons were so odd. But it takes a lot of work to make a costume. It takes a lot of guts to cosplay and spandex or odd hats. It's kind of fun seeing the real Darth Maul on stage in costume. Now, in today's gospel lesson, we meet a woman at the well. One pastor describes it from the Samaritan woman's perspective. Imagine the scene. It's the middle of the day, and you, a Samaritan woman, make your way to the community well. While you're drawing water, a man approaches you. Startled, you quickly avert your gaze. It is quite literally a man's world that you're living in, and the patriarchy demands you pay him respect, after all. He's not just any man, though. He's a Jew. The top tier of Israel's class, distinctive caste system. He's a man with power, with privilege, with opportunities your people could never dream of. And you brace yourself for the inevitable disgust and contempt he'll throw your way. But it doesn't come. You sneak a peek, recognize him as the Jewish rabbi everyone's talking about. He's male, Jewish, and a teacher of the law. Essentially the trifecta of status, power, and respect in Israelite society. And this man... He asks you for a drink. And when we think about the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman in this light, it becomes impossible to miss the cultural system of power dynamics at play during this interaction. When Jesus asks the woman for a drink of water, he's intentionally empowering her in their situation. He's acknowledging that he is of need. And she, a lowly Samaritan woman, gasp, has the ability to meet that need. It is an intentional humbling of self on Jesus' part, and because of this, he models how to radically turn the entire cultural system of racial purity, of socioeconomic class, and of patriarchy right on its head. He shows us what it's like to live out the upside-down kingdom of God, where the first will be last and the last will be first. What might our ministries look like if we follow his example. Now, before all this, I thought Comic-Cons were super odd. But it's super nerdy and fun. While I was leading this geek ministry, I read an article that was very insightful. It was about someone who went to Comic-Cons in costume. It was hard for them to feel normal at work and in life. They just didn't fit in anywhere. That all changed when they went to a Comic-Con and cosplay as a character. 
They'd feel alive. They interact with strangers. They knew these people were their people. This changed my perspective a lot. I wondered how many people are living like this, not able to be themselves. Made me think about Jesus, how he'd welcome people just the way they are. Jesus saw everyone as a child of God, and he'd treat them that way. And that's what we're supposed to do. Wouldn't it be nice if people could be authentic, be their nerdy selves wherever they went? I wish folks could be comfortable with who they are wherever they go. Why can't they be their true selves? Sometimes we're so familiar with these Bible stories that we forget how radical Jesus was to his contemporaries. Jesus didn't care if someone was a first century nerd or a woman or a Samaritan or a tax collector or a Roman or a leper. He talked to everyone. He shared the good news with everyone. He even shared meals. It didn't matter their status or sex or wealth or influence. As always, Jesus already knows the things social scientists are discovering. And in her book, Platonic, Dr. Marissa Franco praises the beauty of what she calls spontaneous conversations to create connections with people. Jesus and the Samaritan woman have one of these conversations by the well, and the meeting changes both of their paths. Franco says that we'll all be less lonely if we chat with a stranger, just like Jesus and the woman at the well. She advises that we start talking to the people who regularly cross our path. Spontaneous communication is unplanned conversation that occurs because two people are in the same place in the same time. It is in fleeting moments of chit-chat that relationships are sprouted. And we can initiate a conversation with strangers by using the insight and question method developed by David Hoffield. This involves simply sharing a statement or insight, asking a follow-up question. We might say, I really love the main character in the book we read for the book club. What did you think about her? Or, this drink is so sweet and tastes so good, how do you like yours? It's been so long since I've been to the beach, and I'm so glad to be here. What do you like about the beach? She adds a personal story. Talking to strangers has helped me turn my neighborhood into my community. As a graduate student, I spent many days at Starbucks at a communal table with strangers, writing and reading research articles. And at first, the people around me would fade into the background, human wallpaper. But eventually... Through spontaneous conversation, as in, I've been working for so long, how's your work coming along? I started to connect to them. I'd see their familiar faces all around the neighborhood, at the pool, at a restaurant, or walking on the street. We'd say hi, and the entire neighborhood started feeling far less anonymous. There was something about bumping into people I knew that made me feel like I belonged. Those days at Starbucks turned my neighborhood into my community. This is exactly what Jesus' example teaches us to do. To engage with people around us in order to create a real, authentic community. What if we went to people in places that aren't our regular kinds of folks? Stepping out of our comfort zone into a place that's out of the ordinary for the purpose of connecting. 
Maybe Jesus would walk into the Comic-Con holding a really cool lightsaber, wanting to take my picture, BB-8. Maybe Jesus would go to the baseball game with a jersey and a hat. He might have talked to the person you wouldn't normally talk to because they are too nerdy or too different, or too much to handle. Jesus wants everyone to recognize that they're a child of God, to be able to live authentically, to be themselves. Our call as Christ's disciple is to step outside of our comfort zone to create community. Community that includes people who don't always feel comfortable in our world. Community that invites strangers and outcasts, Samaritans and women, lepers and homeless, refugees, and fill-in-the-blank. Community that includes geeks who dress up like BB-8. Community that includes progressives and conservatives. Community that lets people be their authentic selves. You have a chance to meet someone this week in the places you go to make a connection have a spontaneous and unplanned conversation. Now, it's not always easy to do this, but remember, you're not alone. This is exactly what Jesus does at the well with the Samaritan woman. Jesus is going with you, and it might just change you, and it might change someone else. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at f-i-r-s-t-p-r-e-s-j-a-x dot o-r-g. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you either by email, mail, or phone. God bless And may you have a peaceful and safe year.